Welcome to the Green Heart Living Podcast with your host, Elizabeth Hill. I'm very excited to be talking with Lachelle Atkins, uh, America's Supermom today. How are you? I am glad to be here. I love being able to network and connect. So it's been wonderful for us to connect on Zoom and now being here on your show. So I'm excited to be here. I'd love to hear more about what you do. I, I feel like we need a superhero. So it's very, <laughs> like, oh, yes, this is good. <laughs> I, need, yes. I need a super mom. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what, what you do um, in the world. Yes. Well, um, I, I love the name America's Super Mom. It, is, uh, it really gets people's attention. But mm-hmm. uh, for uh, the first thing is that my husband and I have 15 children. 10 of them still live at home. Bow down to you. <laughs> but uh, I am also passionate about mental wellness. I had a journey of 13 years struggling with depression. I was hospitalized three times. And so now I am passionate about having the conversation around not being okay. And so as a mom myself with a number of children, you know, I have many platforms that open up for me to share strategies and tips on uh, time management and, you know, balancing life and work. And so I think it's a great segue for me to bring up the topic because uh, oftentimes in many conversations, I believe it's very taboo to talk about depression and, you know, uh, mental illness and things of that nature. So Uh, I do coach women uh, in groups and individually, as well as using a number of media platforms uh, from YouTube channel, TV uh, production, my podcast, and even authoring books to raise awareness around the importance of mental wellness. I love what you are up to. As someone, you know, I have two children there, you know, not your 15, but I got two. (laughs) that's and, enough okay that's enough so I can relate and I think it is so important to that that we are having more conversations and re, um removing stigma around mm-hmm. asking for help around mental health I remember so I'm a social worker I have my MSW oh, yeah. but I remember when I went um when my kids were very close together they were 16 months apart and when I went in for the six-week checkup or uh mm-hmm. whatever you do um with my son they gave me the screening, right? The depression mm-hmm. screening. And I remember looking at it and going, okay, so I'm depressed, but I'm not going to admit it. And right. so I answered all the questions wrong. <laughs> I just went, mm-hmm. yep, I got to just make sure I get out of here. Okay. And I think it's so important for us to be able to be, you know, open to asking for help for other mm-hmm. people to be able to see when someone needs help and know what to mm-hmm. do about it as well. So I love that you're doing this. Um, Uh, And that is so true. And, you know, I think one of the things is that it looks different for different people. You know, I was what I would call functionally depressed. I was doing all the things, uh, just like you're saying, not admitting it, you know, um, staying busy, uh, just doing things, taking on way too much, you Mm -hmm. know, no balance and self-care. And even my last um, hospitalization, you know, I believe it was some postpartum, you know, and that was not until my 13th pregnancy and my daughter was at the time around 
five and a half to six months old. So for me, I even thought postpartum is something that happens immediately. I didn't think it could happen later on. So there's just so many uh, nuances with, you know, your age and chemical uh, breakup and just so many things that can be a, really be a factor with kind of giving you those blues that if you don't do something proactive about it, it can progress to other things. I also wanted to ask a question. I know I feel this pressure and I think a lot of moms talk about this, of this way of doing it right. Or we feel Mm -hmm. like being a good mom or there, Mm -hmm. you know, there's ways to do it and there's, and then there's no way to do it right. Do you have any advice for moms just around that? Like the pressure that we put on ourselves? Yeah. I think the first thing is that this is all like self-inflicted. A lot of these uh, ideas that we're not measuring up is really from us in ourselves, not feeling completely enough. Mm-hmm. And that was really my story. Uh, I was an only child. So I was really driven academically as a high achiever. That was really the uh, basis for the criteria that my parents had in order for me to be successful was to do well in school. And so that was the thing that I was making sure was checked off my list, but it really left me with this mindset that things had to be perfect in order to be done right. And if you didn't have time to do it, then it's not even worth starting, uh, focusing on the good rather than the bad. And the problem with that is that, you know, you only gravitate towards the things that you're good at. So I was really conditioned to excel in a lot of areas. So when it came to being a mom and not getting that validation on a regular basis, I really didn't know how to handle it. And I didn't know if I was doing things right or not. And, you know, being a parent is really a marathon type of uh, job because you don't see the benefits or fruits of your labor till a lot later in life. It's not like every day you're getting a sticker on the board about something you're doing right. You know it, <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think if it's all about knowing for yourself, how do you get that um, idea that you're doing well? And if it's something that you're seeking outward validation, you know, you really have to be careful about, you know, whose criteria are you using? Is it yours? Are you trying to measure up to somebody else's? And that's where I was. I was crazy because I felt like I had a mask for each different role that I played. My husband was a officer in the military. He's also a pastor. So every different place, it wasn't like I could be this one person. I had to have different ways that I could see myself being successful in each different situation. Mm, So much pressure. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to that idea of feeling like we have to wear, wear different hats and have different roles in different places. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of the things that you're sharing is wonderful, helpful for, um, for parents, for mothers. Mm -hmm. And it also occurs to me that a lot of the things relates to writing as well, because Mm -hmm. we, we think, oh, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as writers and authors um, for those that do that to get it perfect or to have it right or to not even start yeah. or there's a, fr- a fr- and you don't always see it till years down the line when the book is done. Really, So a lot of these, this advice works for 
that um, group of folks too. I know you've written a book and I'd yes. love to hear you're part of a collaborative book, I believe. Yes. Inspirational yes. Women of the World. Oh, what a great title. Yeah. I, so I love it. Um, it is actually a global project. So I was the only author from the United States. And uh, we actually got together on Zoom calls. It was oh. a Facebook group. We got together on Zoom calls and it was like the Friday night, uh, grab your own drink or whatever you're doing, have a snack. And we just get together and connect on a call. And so every time we got together, we were like, oh my gosh, these stories, we need to write a book. And so that's how it happened. Oh, I love that. So can mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about what you wrote about? Yes. So my chapter is my life mass free. So this book was released uh, during the pandemic and, um, you know, we were wearing masks. Everybody was. And, you know, I felt like a lot of my life uh, represented me living behind the mask. And so it talked about my chapter how I was able to let go of that mask, how I was able to get to knowing who I was in the mirror. And the main thing was showing up as my authentic self everywhere, rather than feeling like I had to be all things to all people. So it was about that journey of going through the steps to get out of that whole idealistic mindset that I had to be perfect for all people. Yes, just yes. I'm. <laughs> we need that message. So many of us do it, and and um, even with the awareness of it too. Sometimes yes. it takes practice to be more of our authentic selves and feel comfortable, and to know where we can be comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that that was created within this international forum yeah. for a book. What a neat way to connect. Mm -hmm. I, I was so amazed. It's amazing what you can do when you come together. <clears throat> the power so, of collaboration. Yeah, this is the truth. So I'd love to hear about how people connect with you um, if they want to learn more about your work. I am on all social media platforms uh, for the most part because I believe it's important to speak up and speak out about mental wellness. So they can really find me anywhere, you know, Nice. <laughs> I just feel, I'm a glutton for being out there speaking. So yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, the list goes on and on and YouTube. Excellent. And is there anything else you want to share with, with our audience today? Well, I, uh, the thing I want to say is that I love what you mentioned about awareness because uh, oftentimes when we are in a space where uh, depression may look different for different people, but we may not even be aware. So a lot of my life was mindless living. You know, it was just waking up on autopilot, trying to make it through another day, you know, waiting for the weekend and the cycle that just kept repeating itself. And so I think having the time or taking the time to intentionally reflect about your day. You know, how did today go? Do you feel empowered? Because a lot of times we are 
feeling like things are happening to us rather than happening for us. And that comes from feeling like you don't really have a voice, you don't really have uh, value and importance. And so I think the first thing is really taking time to pause and ask yourself some different questions so you can get to the point of being more intentional with the things that you're doing every day in order to help you with your energy or your mood and things like that. The next thing is also remembering to smile every day. So during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of master classes. I was helping a lot of moms navigate through working from home and their kids being at home, how to balance work and time with family and all the other things that you know, we really had to uh, just do it without any kind of warning. And so it was during that time that I felt like we can all relate to that it was going to be an emotional roller coaster for many of us, even the kids. And I wanted to be proactive with that. And so I came up with uh, the acronym SMILE uh, and just the mindset of understanding that if we check in every day with a smile, uh, that can help us to make sure that we stay mentally well. And so SMILE actually is an acronym and it's for five pillars of uh, areas that really were at a deficit for me uh, on a regular basis during the time that I was depressed. And so these pillars also help others. If you have a neighbor, a friend, you know, you can start asking them questions about these pillars so that you can kind of help them to kind of transition and get out of this downward spiral or mindset that they may be in. And so those pillars are sleep, mm. mood, inner voice, laughter, and energy. So if you realize that they are really struggling in each of those areas, you know, this is a good way for you to share an article with them or uh, send them a, a video for something that could make them laugh, whether it's a joke or something. And you can kind of begin to start that conversation to help them to come up with a strategy on how they're going to get out of that. Thank you. I love that acronym SMILE. That's so lovely. And so you've a number of masterclasses. I believe that you said that you would offer a complimentary yes. masterclass. Absolutely. So my signature program is called Fresh Start, and it's an acronym as well. Uh, it is the five pillars that I had to really address when it came to uh, dealing with that depression and overcoming it, and not just overcoming it, but maintaining it. You know, I think a lot of us feel like, oh, you know, I'm going to change. And then, you know, the real work is in maintaining that life without depression. So the pillars are uh, using fear as fuel, reframing your past, envisioning your success, uh, uh, creating a support group and tribe, and then healing. So understanding that each of those different areas are important for you to create a strategy around so that you can continue to evolve on a regular basis to be the best version of yourself. And so I am happy to offer a complimentary masterclass uh, for your audience. And uh, as we mentioned before we hit record, I will uh, try to do three different timeframes. You know, now that we are 
uh, virtual in a lot of spaces with our businesses, we have people all over the world. So I want to have three different times so that regardless of their the audience, that they will be able to take advantage of this 90-minute class to kind of cover those pillars uh, in a way that helps them to kind of move forward and be a better version of themselves. Thank you so much for offering that. That's so generous of you. And we'll add links so that people can can mm-hmm. sign up for the one that works for them. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for taking the time today and for spreading your light in the world the way that you do. I'm so grateful for you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And I love collaborating and having this conversation. And I love what you're doing as well. And I'm so glad that we actually got connected and I'm looking forward to more collaborations in the future. Me too. Take care, Lisha. Bye. To find out more about Green Heart Living, visit us on our website at www.greenheartliving.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash greenheartliving.